Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. On today's episode, I get to share with y'all another one of my sweet friends. Um, it's a really, I love how me and my friend met. Um, I was living in Idaho and I was working at the House of Prayer and um, that is how I met her. And I know that's part of her testimony, so I don't want to share too much, but She has a special place in my heart. Her testimony is powerful. God used her in my life in such a profound way when I was very new to um, the angelic, the supernatural, um, just the prophetic side of God, walking in the gifts of the Spirit. God really used Danny and her situation to open my eyes that Ephesians 6 is real, that we don't war in the flesh but we war against principalities and rulers of darkness and so my friend she's been married 25 years she's a mom to 11 kids and two in heaven she's almost an empty nester which i'm pretty sure she's excited about that but also i feel like i'm not there yet but i feel like i would be excited but i'd also be sad um she's been walking with the lord 46 years and she has wrote, I did not know this, six ebooks of poetry about her life and her walk with Jesus. So at the end of the episode, I'll have her share a little bit about that, where you can find those, where you can purchase those, um, because I know that they will bless you. So everybody, um, I want to introduce to you my sweet friend, Danny Jones. Danny, why don't you say hello to our listeners? Hello. First, Tiffany, I want to tell you how happy and blessed I am to be here and just to have you as a friend. Man, I feel like I know I've said it already, but Danny, you have such a special place in my heart and just how God used your circumstances and what you were going to to really minister to me and just to show me his power and and really like just that we we really do serve a God who's personal who who meets us where we're at and I feel like I've been forever marked by you and and how we met and how God used you and so I'm just thankful that you have the courage to come on here and share your testimony and I know that people are going to be blessed by it so I don't want to take any more time because I could sit here and talk forever I want to give you the opportunity to share your testimony so Danny you can go ahead and you can share a little bit about who you are and let people know who is Danny and and then feel free to go right on into your testimony okay well who is Danny (laughs) Danny is um, a person with a big heart who I would oh gosh it's just so hard to say (laughs) Um, I'm very caring I um, I've been through a lot in my life and because of that I tend to be um, quiet but yet I see things and um, because I see things it gives me a compassion for people and um, it gives me gratitude for things for the little things Mm. and um, I I, it gives me a love for people and for the little people you know the the downtrodden the the people who who aren't the popular ones you know who are the underdogs who maybe um aren't so big and but I maybe you you understand what I'm trying to say but but because of my background that's that's how I feel about people I I love people 
Um, I love to be with people. And well, let me tell you about my story. My story, um, I was pretty much born into a very upper middle class family. Um, I was raised with just my sister and I and my parents, my mom and my dad. And uh, I was I was molested as a five-year-old. I never told anybody until very recently. Um, my parents got along as far as my sister and I knew, but when I was eight, they got divorced. And when they told us about it, we didn't even know what that word meant. My dad moved out and somebody else moved in. And that started a whole ring line of stepdads for my sister and I. Um, we moved from our nice home with a pool and we each had our own bedrooms and nice things to a little apartment on the other side of town. And um, mom was working when she wasn't working. She was doing her thing, you know, and uh, I had a friend across the street and her two teenage sisters babysat us. Well, they babysat me, I guess, because it was my my friend. And um, the two sisters uh, molested us and they gave us cigarettes and alcohol and um, these candies that they got from Mexico because this was down in the San Diego area. The sisters got these candies from Mexico and they told us that um, they were really cool and they were really yummy. And um, I know now that they were laced with some kind of drug because the room would look funny and um, make things wiggle. And we thought it was funny. I tried to tell my mom about it and she, um, didn't really believe me or I felt that she didn't believe me looking back I, I don't remember I to me I don't think she believed me and then we moved again to a different apartment um, on a different side of town and I had the assistant manager was molesting me as a, well as another older man and all the kids loved him. And um, I'm sure I wasn't the only child that he was molesting. And so for the age of 10 to say 12 or 13, I was being molested by both those men. And then um, my neighbor friend told me that she was going to this youth group thing um, called Awana and I should go with her. So I went with her to Awana and I went there for two years in middle school and um, I got saved. I started going to church and youth group on the weekends, um, but it, I was still partying and stuff during the week. I, I didn't understand about God being a relational God. I just knew that on church, our church on the weekends was, was good, you know, but I, I didn't understand, you know, about living for the Lord and things like that during the week. Then I, so I did that through high school and I met this guy, his name was Johnny and we dated for about a year. I met him at a church uh, barbecue and unbeknownst to me, he was high on heroin um, I was kind of naive when it came to the big stuff. I mean, I was, I was taking pills and drinking um, alcohol, but I didn't know about the big heavy drugs at that point in time. He came over and he sat with me and a friend of mine and started talking to us. And then we started, you know, from there it went on and we started dating. Um, he would go to Christian concerts with me and things like that. And at that point in time, and asked me to marry him. And I, uh, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, all my friends were older than me and they were all getting married. And I thought at age 18, I'm going to be an old maid if I don't get married soon. I, I didn't love him per se, but I thought, oh gosh, I better get married. All my friends are getting married. So I got married. 
Um, so at 18, I get married. It's, it's okay. It's not harmonious or anything like that. Um, it was just kind of just mostly sex in church. Um, and, uh, mo and we were with his family most of the time. Uh, the abuse started at about 19 and a half. He started hitting me. And the first time he did, I hit him back and I ran five miles to my mother's house. And he came and he said, you know, he finally found me and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. You know, um, please come home, all that kind of stuff. And I, I said, okay, I'll come home. And I went home and it was okay for a while. And then I got pregnant and I had my first baby at 21. And after that first baby, things just got worse. Um, I was not allowed to get on birth control or anything like that. And um, so I had baby after baby after baby. And um, I ended up having eight children. The abuse was about as bad as you could have it. I was raped, I was beaten, I was tied to the bumper and made to chase the car down the road, um, I was stabbed, I was choked, I was sold for drugs, um, so many, many horrible, horrible things. Um, I, My seventh child's name was Sarah, and... We had Sarah on October 6th of 1994 and we were living in a motorhome and by this time I'm completely alienated from my whole side of the family. He, he kept us separated completely. We were living in still in Southern California but we had in those during those years from 1981 to 1994 we had lived all over the u.s all over in different states we're back in southern california now and uh we were staying in somebody's driveway and sarah was two weeks old and i had nursed her and put her to bed on october 20th i woke up at four and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have got to nurse this baby. She just, she only nursed on one side. And I tried to wake her up and I tried to wake her up and she had passed away from SIDS. So we had to deal with Sarah's death. That was very hard. Now, during all those years, all those years I was married to him, I begged God in the beginning, I begged God, please, please change him. This isn't right this isn't right. I know, God, you can change him. And he didn't change, and he didn't change, and he didn't change. And then about halfway through, I'm like, okay, God, maybe he's right. Maybe it's me. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Show me what I'm doing wrong so that this can change, so the abuse will stop, so he'll quit hitting me. You know, I, if he started hitting the kids, I would jump in. And I would say, you know, so that he would hit me instead of the kids. And um, there were drugs, and he was a big drug dealer. I mean, I could, he was so, such a big drug dealer, I could go places in these big cities that most white girls couldn't go. Then, after Sarah's death, I was pregnant like almost immediately after Sarah died. I got pregnant again with my eighth baby. About a month before I had her, one night, he woke me up by beating me up and um, he was high on methamphetamines and alcohol and he just was beating me up and now we lived in this little cabin I used to call it the house that Jack built because it was all different levels and different things and like the bathroom in this cabin had slots in the floor it was like the, the wood slats in the bathroom floor, there were there was wood and then dirt and then wood and then dirt. And um, at night, 
this, these black slugs would come out of the dirt and they would never go anywhere but the bathroom, but they would come in the bathroom and he would not go in there. He would go outside to go to the bathroom. So he was, I was 132 pounds, nine months pregnant and he was 6'2 and 280 and he was kicking me because I was trying to crawl away and he was kicking me in my side and I would like lifting me off the floor and I commando crawled with my elbows by my belly and I was thinking get to the slugs get to the slugs and by this time I figured God gave up on me you know this is this is it and I looked at him and I said you know I wish you would just die and I crawled into the slugs and I sat there curled up in the fetal position in the shower thinking you know and that's when it hit me I said this is it this is it this is my life I'm gonna grow old getting beat up like this or he's gonna kill me and the next day um, was um, September 30th 1995 and um, the welfare checks came in and of course he didn't work we got welfare checks we had um, got babysitters for the children and we were gonna leave the two older boys with his mother who was um, disabled and she used a walker and we we're gonna leave them so they could help her you know get the walker in the bathroom on the slats and make lunch for her because you had to go down steps to get to the kitchen and so he's arguing with his mom and long story short he ended up committing suicide that day in front of me and his mother and the two older boys so then i called my friend and she brought the pastor up and they picked up me and all my babies and took us down into town and just covered us in love and just took care of us they just embraced us and a couple days later somebody told me Danny you need to get married and I said what I said yes you need to marry Jesus read Isaiah 54 and I did and Isaiah 54 is totally my testimony in scripture and I have claimed that scripture ever since then mm -hmm. it, because it, it talks about, you know, your widowhood and, you know, you, you not forget the shame of your youth and you not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore for your maker is your husband and the Lord of hosts is his name. The God of the whole earth shall he be called for the Lord hath called you as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou hast refused, saith thy God. And it, and it just, it goes on to say, and it's just, you know, he loves us. And who, who can, who, no weapon that formed against you shall prosper. Amen. You know, and um, so from there, my friend um, that came and got us, she had cancer. She um, had told me, she said, you know, Danny, I want you to be there for Mike and the kids. And I said, um, I'm done with men, but I'll always be there for him because we're friends. And she said, no, I want you to marry Mike. And I said, I'm not going to marry Mike. Long story short, I married Mike and they had five kids. I had seven. Now we have 12. <laughs> and um, I learned about God being a relational God and how... He wants me to be his child and his bride and how he's there for me. And I got into uh, writing poems and it's, it's crazy how like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden like a line comes into my mind of a poem and then I just start writing and it doesn't stop till it's done. And um, at one point, I had, uh, I had felt really depressed. I was contemplating suicide. I had taken a bunch of medicine and laid it on my bed. And I said, okay. All I kept staring in my head was house of prayer, house of prayer, house of prayer. And I had these pill bottles laid on my bed. I said, okay, 
I'm going to call my friend. And if she says she'll go with me right now to the house of prayer, then I'll put the medicine away. And now this friend is a very, very busy woman. And I didn't, th- I, I was for sure thinking she's going to say no. So I called her and she said, yeah, I'll come get you right now. And I didn't ask her to get me right now. She just said, yeah, I'll come get you right now. And I'm like, okay, God, you got something up your sleeve. So she came and got me and we went and that's when I met Tiffany. Hmm. And Tiffany prayed for me and prayed for me. And God just, he was, he showed up and showed off. And I went like, was it like three days in a row, Tiffany? Yes. Yeah. God just began to reveal in that moment. When Danny walked in, I remember Danny just being extremely exhausted. I had been serving at the house of prayer for a few days without showering, without really resting. There was just people coming in. God was doing such an amazing work there in Idaho. People were being delivered. And I remember Danny coming in and I remember your friend. And I remember specifically your friend asking for me. And I didn't know your friend, um, but she knew people at the house of prayer and stuff. And so I remember before going into the room with Danny, just praying like, God, you have got to like arm me with strength because I'm exhausted. And I just remember Danny, when I walked into the room, when I crossed the threshold, the power of God came on me. It was like, man, his, his presence was already settled in that room. And I just remember Danny seeing you and you just began to weep and we were in there for hours and God just, God just began to reveal. I remember he showed me Sarah. He showed me and Sarah, he showed me Sarah in heaven. And you know, I didn't know for, for those listening, I didn't know Danny from Adam. I had never met Danny. I didn't, I'd never met her friend. Um, I, I literally went in there and Holy Spirit just began to download me and reveal the secrets of Danny's heart. And maybe you're listening and you're wondering, now why would God do such a thing? Exactly what Danny said, God is relational and he is personal. And he wanted Danny to know, I see you and I see the pain that you're holding on to and that, you, that you've that you grieved and still need to grieve. And, and God began to show things, you know, other than just Sarah and, and um, it, it was just, it was, such a beautiful time of God meeting Danny in that place, in her brokenness, dealing with some stuff that she had walked through, pain she had walked through, stuff that shame and guilt that she had carried. And God met her there and God showed himself faithful to Danny. And yeah, I remember Danny, y'all came, I think, yeah, two or three days in a row. And, and again, God was just faithful. He just showed up and, and, and he went to the source that was causing the pain and the wounds and God just, God just healed. I remember, I remember after it was all done, like thinking like, I don't know if y'all heard what Danny said, but she was ready to take her life. Like she was at the point that the pills were right there, that she had bought the lie that she wasn't worth it. She wasn't good enough. Her, she, whatever her past was too messy. God had, God had given up on her. And, and I love how Danny, you said like, this is a busy woman. Surely she's going to say no. And the fact that she was like, I'm coming to get you right away, which was what was in your heart. You know, God, I'm, I won't do it if she'll come and get me right away. And, um, and so I just, I love that you gave God another chance. Like, I mean, I, I okay. That sounds like, oh, you know, Dan, no, God had plans for your life. And I believe God would have trumped even, I believe even if you tried to commit suicide, God would have saved your life because you're still alive, which means God's not done yet. Um, but I love that you were desperate enough to just be like, God, I won't do this. If you can just show me, like, just, just show up, just come and, and rescue me and be with me. And so, um, yeah such a powerful time especially in my walk with the Lord Danny just how God used you and 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 also bring into my attention that the truth of the matter is people are wrestling with suicide all day every day there are people contemplating whether that whether they're worth it what is God real can he fix me 
all of these things. And I guess I, I just, in my being passive or being naive and not realizing that, that people really are dealing with this and people really need hope and people really need to to meet this God that we're talking about, Danny, this God who is personal, this God who is powerful, this God who is gracious and merciful and loving. So it, yeah, it just, you're that time you showing up really, God used you to really minister to me as well. And we both had the same vision of Sarah dancing in the meadow with Jesus. Yes, yes. Yes, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah, I remember the Lord showing me and I remember telling you, I I see this girl and she's dancing and you begin to just sob and you and you begin to tell me your story about Sarah. And and I believe that God began a healing work in your heart that night with with the death of Sarah. Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote a poem that night about Sarah. Yeah, I wrote a poem that night. Let me see if I can find it. If you want to hear it. Yes, please. We would love to hear. You know, as you're looking for this, Danny, um, yeah, you've had an incredibly hard life. But I love that. I think about going back to age 13 when you said that friend invited you to Awana. My kids are in Awana. I went through Awana. And that's a, such a foundational program of the Word of God. Just getting the Word of God in. Just getting the Word of God in and meditating on the Word of God. Memorizing the Word of God. And I have to believe that in that season, seeds were planted. And that throughout this journey, somebody came along and watered them and got the increase. That's what it says in First Corinthians. Um, but... I can't help but think like just how powerful it was that that friend reached out and said, Hey, why don't you come here? And, and, and you got involved in that program and that's where you received salvation. And, and, um, the other thing I was thinking too, about Johnny, you said, you know, it was pretty much, pretty much sex and church. And the scripture that came to me as I was listening to you, the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit is that the scripture that says, you shall know them by their fruit. The truth of the matter is that there are people who call themselves Christians who I'm not cr- questioning their salvation. That's that's not my part. That's, before, you know, before right. that person in the Lord, because I don't know the heart. Only God knows the heart of, of man. But may, let's say, yes, they do. Johnny or, or other people. I know there's people in my life. There's probably more people in your life. They say, oh, I'm a Christian. Well, maybe they've received salvation by faith. They believe that Christ died, rose, you know, was resurrected and is coming back. But then they go back off into rebellion and um, they just live that life. And uh, I was thinking about how, you know, he, he would go to Christian concerts with you, but yet he was beating you or he would go and do this, but yet he was doing something else. And um, it just made me, it, just to highlight that scripture, you shall know them by their fruit. Someone who's, who's, who says they're a Christ follower, we should be producing the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And I mean, and obviously following Jesus, when we, because the truth is we're, we mess up, we, we fall into temptation, we sin, there should be a fruit of repentance. Like, man, I messed up. Father, forgive me. Um, you know, and, and turning from that. And so I just want to point that out for those listening. Maybe there's people in your life and, or maybe you find yourself in a situation like Danny, maybe you're not married, but you're in a relationship where the person is abusive and you think, oh, well, this is just, this is what Christians do. I know that I had a particular time in my life where, um, I experienced, um, abuse and I thought, well, well, this is just, this is what it looks like to follow God. Like we go to church on Sunday and then, you know, you experience other things that it's just what it is. And, and no, the truth is that's not what it is. You know, when we follow Jesus, when we proclaim that we follow Jesus, um, we don't live a life of sin of, of, we don't live a life that produces fruit of, of those things. Um, and so I just wanted to point that out. That's pretty amazing. I found it. 
Praise the Lord. It's called My Angel on the Hill. So pure and sweet and delicate, lovely and beautiful too. You're precious and special and one of a kind and missed an awful lot too. You're so short your time here on this earth, but special all the same. God needed you to come back home and so he called your name. I love you so much, sometimes it hurts to think that you're not here. For me to love, for me to hold, and wipe away your tears. Alas, that job was not for me, and though it makes me sad to know you're safe in Father's arms, I know you're safe in Father's arms, no sadness you have had. Sarah, I love you and miss you so much, but I'm glad that you are home. I know someday I'll see you soon. I know you're not alone. You left this earth to be with God, your presence he did want. No sickness, no heartache, no bump on the knee, bad dreams they cannot haunt. God showed you mercy when he took you home, gold streets where you live now. No shame, no sin, no poverty, just grace and mercy. Wow. Sarah, I love you and I want you to know I would have done my best to give you love and happiness, but Jesus does that best. But you know this, I'm sure, that I am sure, there is nothing I can say that you don't know or feel or see, I'll let God have his way. And though it's hard, it makes me cry, I know it's for the best. In God's arms is solitude and peaceful loving rest. So in the end, I want to say to God who holds you still, thank you for my little time with her, my angel on the hill. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I'm like fighting tears over here. I know that one of the things that I had a really hard time with, with Johnny, was um, forgiveness. I'm glad you bring that up because I was going to ask. A I, lot of times when you experience abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, sexual, well, that'd be physical, but um, will you share how the Lord set you free, how you were able to forgive? Well... It was, it was a long, hard process and it was baby steps the whole way because, um, being human, you know, I'll, I'll think I got it under control and then my kids will mention something. Remember when dad blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and it pierces my heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, Oh, and then I'll get angry. And then I was like, Oh. I can't be, not, you know, and it's, it's just so hard. And then people who don't understand, um, you know, well, why are you mad? Why, why are you, you know? And then it's like trying to explain to people. And, and I wrote a poem that um, kind of explains my, my heart, how hard it was. It's, it's hard. And I still struggle sometimes, like I said, it's, it's called fighting the monster. And the monster is not, it's partially it's Johnny, but mostly it's the unforgiveness. Mm. Yeah, because forgiveness, it's a sin. You know, Jesus commands us to forgive 70 times seven, right? So I think that's right. like forever. And I, I will agree with you. I'm experiencing sexual abuse myself and, um, emotional abuse there are things there there are triggers and I know that when those when places are triggered and like you said when your kids will bring up remember when dad did this and then you have to work through the frustration yeah I'm thankful that if we if we'll work with Holy Spirit we can look at that and be like okay this is a place that God needs to touch God, thank you for exposing this frustration or this uneasiness or, you know, whatever I'm feeling. And now I need you to go to that place. I need you to show me where you were. I need you to heal that place. And, you know, the truth is, Danny, forgiveness is a choice. It's not about feeling like, well, yeah, I, I feel like forgiving, so I'm just going to forgive. No, we're committed no, It's to a conscious forgive. effort. Yes, it's making a choice. And that's what's hard because... Our feelings are, I'm frustrated, I'm mad. It, it could bring up pain, right? And you're reliving and uh, reliving a memory or, or something. And so it is, it's pain, frustrating. 
but we have to make the choice. Like it, it's always going to be a choice. Am I going to forgive? And sometimes, like you said, it's really hard. So I know for me, it may be, and, and not even, we could take sexual abuse, abuse off the table. Maybe it's with, I had a, um, a confrontation with my husband, you know, and I just didn't agree, or maybe someone at, at church or maybe my close friend or even a child, like it may take me a few days to work, work it out. Okay. God, go through this process with me. Um, but ultimately like we have to make the choice to forgive. If we, if we want to honor father, then that's what we have to do. We have to make the choice, but just what you said, it doesn't mean that it's always easy. And it does. And I believe that it doesn't mean it's always forever. Like once I forgive, always forgive it. Just like you said, things may come up and I'm like, okay, here I am again, God, I'm going to choose to release this person. I'm going to choose to forgive them, but I'm right. It's our humanness. Yes. It's our humanness that brings it, that, that makes it well up like that. And because we're humans, we have to go back over and over and over again. Yeah. But that's okay. Right. And letting God go to that place and heal it. God, go to that place and heal it. I love, I love that father gives you poetry. I believe that. I know that you had said sometimes you just wake up and you have to start writing and you, you won't be able to finish until it's done. I believe that's, that is totally of the Holy Ghost. And that's a, that's just a way that the spirit of God moves through you. And um, I think it's absolutely beautiful because not all people are gifted like that. Not all people, you know, the spirit of God comes on them and they can do what you do. And so I, I also want to commend you and being faithful with that because what you could do again is make the choice to snooze, make the choice to sleep you know, no, I'll, I'll remember it in the morning and I'll write it down. Or maybe you're during the day, I'll, I'll get to it later. But in that moment, you choose to be obedient to Holy Spirit and get down and write it. And, and I think that's absolutely beautiful. I've tried that before, Tiffany. It doesn't work because <laughs> I just can't go to sleep. I toss and I turn. And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> I just can't go to sleep until I do it. It's just like, oh, fine okay you win God and I just start writing and then I and it doesn't take that long to do it once I start right I just, because, brrr, yeah, and it just you, comes yeah you're literally oh, God just downloaded you from heaven it's literally straight from heaven um I want to I want to talk about something else um so here you are you know when when uh you went to the house of prayer I'm trying to think that was like 2013 it was 2012 2012 okay so now we're 2022 and can you share just like the journey you've been on from house of prayer till now how what has the lord been doing in your life and and also just how how are you teaching your kids you know because they were they they experienced um different things from from their father and and trauma and stuff how do you bring God into it how do you how have you seen the Lord heal their hearts and show them hey I'm a faithful father I'm a good father Um, I'm a father that you can trust and that you can feel safe with would you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about your testimony from 2012 till now wow um well I was active in the church and uh since then, my husband and I have um, changed churches. We go to this little tiny church um, in Rathdrum, Idaho. And it, it's, when I say tiny, I mean tiny. We're talking like a big service on Sundays, maybe 20 people. We love it. We, um, we took in some friends of ours in our home. They've been with us for about a year. What, what else do we do? We, my husband... Um, is helping his friend um he's his caregiver we just we kind of help in the community where we can you know i wanted to i you saying that made me i wanted to touch on in your opening statement when you were sharing like who is danny and you were talking about how because of what you've been through you've been compact you have compassion and um i believe it's because one you have the heart of the father and yes because you've been through such traumatic things and had a hard 
a hard, a rocky start, the, the beginning of, of life. I believe that because of all that, yes, that you have eyes to see people um, for, for who they are, where they're at. But you also, like you said, have a compassion to meet people right where they're at. And it's a genuine compassion because of what you've gone through. And it also, it also made me think like you have the ability to strengthen other people's faith in the Lord because of the fire you've walked through and came out of, because you are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus, because you've seen the faithfulness of God through all of these different traumatic things. And you've seen God come in and save you and deliver you and, and even now sustaining you and continuing to to heal you and bring you through this process with him and and so I just wanted to I'm glad that you said that because I was thinking that earlier yes you have genuine compassion because of what and I don't think everybody has a level of compassion like you do because we haven't walked through what you've walked through we we haven't experienced God at that level of intimacy in that way and, um, and so I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I love to hear that you're involved in church and in the community. And um, again, just loving people, taking people in and loving them. You know, Jesus said, you know, he's talking to the disciples and he's like, where were you when I was hungry? Where were you when I was thirsty? Where were you when I was naked? And I feel like that's you and your husband says what you've done Jesus says what you've done to the least of these you've done unto me and so by taking people into your house and caring for them you're doing that unto Jesus feeding people you're doing it unto Jesus loving on them you're doing that unto Jesus and so Jesus says in in the New Testament even a cup of cold water in my name I will remember and so what you and your husband are doing by loving on these people caring for these people Jesus is remembering because it's been done in his name unto him. And so I think it's awesome. Thank you. It's funny because, well, it's not funny, but my my friend, the one that um, is staying with us, she's been sitting here with me while we're doing this and she's crying. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Yes, I think it's, think it's beautiful i think god's done i'm thankful that god is not done he's still working things out he's working all things together for your good danny and i so i so thank you for for sharing your testimony and you know to close to close out this episode i i want to pray i want to pray for people listening i want to i want to share the gospel in case someone's listening and they've never given their life to Christ they they've heard you Danny talk about God and Isaiah 54 and how you've how Jesus is your husband um, how he's wooed you how he's kept you how he literally saved you from 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 you taking your own life I want to I want to share the gospel and then pray and and then, Danny, um, I would love it if, if you would if you would open in prayer, um, specifically praying over suicide since you've had victory, and and praying over um, of marriage and and um, also, you know, just just the loss of of a child um, because you've experienced it, you've walked through it. Um, so, I would love it if 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 you were up to it to um, open in prayer and then I'll close this out with sharing the gospel and and ending ending in prayer okay Father God I just come before you right now and I want to thank you for Tiffany Lord and for this uh, podcast Lord and for um, the way we have to share you and our lives Lord and I want to pray for those people out there Lord that um, have lost children, Lord, and I just want to pray for their hearts and and uh, their minds, Lord, and that you would just touch them and be with them, Lord, because it is tough and it's hard, Lord, and I just pray that you would just help them through, Father, and Lord, I pray for those people out there that are thinking of taking their lives, Lord, that you would just 
cradle them in your arms, Lord, and help them to see that there's another way that they don't have to do that, Lord, and and uh, bring someone in their path, Lord, somebody that will come and take them to someplace like the house of prayer or that can minister to them and show them charity, Lord, and show them love and and peace and patience, Lord, and and just your love, Lord. And Father, I just want to lift up people, Lord, that um, are just going through a rough time. Yes, Lord. Lord, and people that need you to be their husband, Lord, and to be their Savior. And Father, those lost souls, I just pray that they would just seek you and find you. Yes, Yes. And Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you've shown yourself faithful in Danny's life. I thank you that you knew her before she was formed in her mother's womb and that you have a destiny for her, God, and that she is fulfilling the call that's been placed on her life, God. And I thank you that in that moment, Lord, where she was ready to take her life, you came in and you rescued her. And God, I thank you that you are a real God. And Father, I pray right now for those listening to my voice who are wondering who is God and and this Jesus that they talk about. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's, It's easy. Jesus came in the form of flesh and he lived a perfect sinless life and he was his body was beat and broken for you and for me and the bible says that he was crucified on a cross that he died and when his blood was shed his perfect blood was shed he said it was finished and he was buried and he was resurrected on the third day and the bible says that he's coming back for a spotless bride he's coming back for his his people and the bible says that that if you believe that Jesus died and he was resurrected and he's coming back, that you just confess it with your heart. You believe, you confess it with your mouth. You believe in your heart. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my sins and my sickness and my disease, standing in my place. Come and be the Lord of my life. It's that simple. And the Bible says that the angels literally are throwing a party in heaven. The Bible says that Jesus literally leaves the 99 sheep for you. He's after you. He wants you. He wants to show himself faithful to you, just like he did for Danny that night when she was ready to end her life. He wants to show you that he's real and that he loves you. And so, Father, I pray for those people. And God, I pray for those, God, that that are find themselves in a similar situation as Danny. They've been sexually abused. They've been mentally abused. They've been physically abused. They've been emotionally abused, God. And I cry out on their behalf, God, and I ask that you would come in and save them, that you would protect them, Father, that you would give them a chance to flee, God. That just like Danny, you sent, you sent that you sent that couple in to love on her and her children after she lost her husband God I pray for people to come into anybody listening to my voice God that is struggling with abuse that you would send godly people into their life to to be your hands and feet to love them and to take care of their needs father and that they would ultimately their love would point them back to you father God, I I thank you for for Danny and and just being willing to share, God. I thank you for the work that you've done in her life. I thank you for the work you've done in her children's life. And God, the work that you will continue to do. God, I, I thank you for every man, woman, and child listening to my voice, God. I speak blessing over them. I speak encouragement over them and hope over them. And I declare you are the Lord of Lords. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. God, and I ask that you would show yourself faithful to those listening. 
God, that, that they too have a story and that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, that they are more than overcomers in you, Christ Jesus, and that they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength. Lord, I thank you. And, and I give you the honor for, for being a redeeming God. I thank you that you're a redeeming God. You're a God of redemption. You're a God of healing. God, I thank you. I pray right now, God, that those listening who are arboring unforgiveness, God, that they would release it unto you right now. God, that, that just like Dan, it's a process sometimes. And like I have said, it's a choice, God, that you would help them to make the choice to forgive God, that, that anybody listening that, that is wrestling with unforgiveness, I encourage you to let it go. Give it to Father. It's safe with Him. And so, Father, I thank you for this time. I declare victory over everyone listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Danny, well, thank you so much again for sharing your testimony and giving glory to God and, and doing life with God and, and being a being a right representation of Jesus and and I just bless you and I thank you. Thanks, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Yes, and so that concludes our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Remember, you do what's possible and let God do what's impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at TravisAndTiffanyTombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.